What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Convincing Creatives Podcast Season 3. Today, we have Michael DiBiasio on the show today, and he is a fellow filmmaker in the independent film space, as well as an author. So we chat a lot about writing. We chat a lot about how writing informs what we do, how we see the world, and also for Michael, how he decides between the story of any idea coming to him and how it's going to take a form. Is it going to be a film? Is it going to be a book? And does it matter? And so we get really into the philosophy behind why we're making work in the first place, especially now in 2021. Uh, and so we have quite the conversation that I think anyone out there who is a writer, filmmaker, author, artist of any kind will really find some awesome takeaways from. And I really appreciate it this time. Uh, before we jump into the full episode, I'm going to take a quick second to plug. Uh, if you're watching the podcast on YouTube, you can also listen to it on Apple Podcasts, as well as anywhere you get your podcast, Google Play, etc., etc. And then if you're listening to the podcast, you can also watch it. We have video episodes on YouTube. You can just look up Evan Kidd Convincing Creatives on YouTube, and you'll find it there. And we appreciate anyone who subscribes, likes, rates the episodes. All your support really matters. In addition to your support, I did release a movie last year. It's called Panda Barrett. It is streaming free on Tubi TV, as well as uh, available for rent or purchase on Amazon. I always plug it because it took a lot of work, so I'd love for folks to find the movie. Uh, we did film festivals last year, and that was really interesting. Um, in the episode, Michael and I actually talk about doing film festivals in 2020 during the pandemic. So a lot of takeaways there. But yes, you can watch Panda Barrett. Please do watch it. I would greatly appreciate it. And yeah, without any further ado, no more plugs. Let's jump right into the full episode with Michael. kick things off let's just let folks know what you're up to who you are kind of uh, what you've been doing I know you juggle writing both in film and novels uh, you want to chat a little bit about that yeah um, primarily uh, build myself as a, a writer and filmmaker um, so for the past uh, 15 plus years um, kind of scaling up from the first short film to uh, now uh, two features um, that I've had out the most recent of which is the, the sleepless that came out in uh, I remember 2021. Yeah, it was, it was this year. 2021. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds right. It's, it's been a long yeah, year. Yeah. It's been a long year. Um, and yeah, and I also, um, I've, I, I also write fiction. Um, and, uh, after a long break, uh, the last several years have been back at it again um, and published my first book. Uh, also in 2021, uh, have begun over the last several years to kind of really dart around uh, between genres and drama and comedy, um, just because uh, been having more fun doing that. Totally. So what what do you say, if you had to pick one, do you kind of gravitate one to the other? Or do you feel like bouncing between the two kind of helps you keep it fresh? Like I know with film, I love to go between narrative and documentary. And, you know, while it is still film, it kind of just gives me different perspectives when I shift back from one to the other. Yeah, that's, 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 uh, absolutely right. Um, I, and I used to struggle over it too. And then I, I, and I, you know, as I got older and as I, um, tried some more things out, I realized that, that my ideal is to switch back and forth. It's just the, just kind of the way that I'm built. Uh, but then also like just when, when I'm writing, um, fiction, it's, uh, in a very different way, you know, there are different pressures and different pleasures to each, but in a very different way, when I'm, um, writing fiction, I can, it's just me and the page and, right. you know, and me and me and the muse. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's also, you know, as an independent, it's very powerful because, you know, I, 
uh, I created an imprint to, to publish my first book after going back and forth with some agents over the years and just getting frustrated and, and, um, and whatnot. And, and I have plans to, to continue uh, moving forward with that press. And it's like, once you get your qualitative minimum of like, you know, I know, or I'm going to figure out how to make this book or this film, um, be a professional product and, and market it professionally, whether I'm officially signed up with some entity or another as a distributor, as an agent or all that garbage. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like get your minimum baseline of quality and then just be a pro and keep on doing it. So being able to alternate between, uh, film products, uh, so to speak. And, um, you know, the, the fiction has really opened up my, um, my happiness and yeah. my fulfillment really. No, a thousand percent. I feel like that is, uh, you know, an interesting way to do it. Like I actually have a novel I've outlined and I've never like sat down to do it because I always tell myself, well, this could be a script, but the reason it doesn't ever end up being a script is just cause it would just be a little more than I feel like, uh, I could, you know, easily micro budget into a movie, which is always sort of the deciding factor as I'm sure you will understand and know. And like, uh, would you, would you say, there's a freedom to just finally being able to say, you know, I, I put it on the page, it, it's done. I don't have to wait for like financiers and actors and this and that. And, and I mean, it's different, but at the end of the day, it's all telling stories. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, it isn't, it isn't right. It's a double-edged sword because mm -hmm. like, so like I have a, I have a book that I'm working on right now that I had published like a version 1.0 of like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, was never quite like, proud of it at the time but always felt like i could have done better but i i skill skill wise it just wasn't there or like life wise like i wasn't mature enough um and i and i so i rewrote it recently um and then i i hired an editor to help me you know get it into its final form and like i'm busy so it's like kind of like a little bit on the back burner and that's waiting right. for me to like finish but it's like that's that's like the trade-off because like you can always especially if you're um if you're, uh, you know, publishing through your own imprint where you can go in and change the book whenever you want, um, so to yeah. speak, like, you know, at, over the film at a certain point, you have what you have in the can. And if you don't reshoot, which a lot, you know, a lot of independents don't because we can't, yeah. um, that's what you have. And then when you're, in, when you're in post, like at a certain point, you're, you're reaching diminishing returns and like you're done, which does happen with fiction as well, but it's like, it's a little bit murkier. Yeah. You can always yeah. write a new scene if you need to if you have the ability to do so where you can't yeah. always, you know, fly back out, drive back out to that location and, you know, film a new take of a scene or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, in terms of actually like the distribution of your novel, I'm very curious about that as well. Like how do you, do, you know, make that happen, um, you know, independently. And I mean, I know that's something probably a good number of folks who listen would be curious about. Yeah. There's um, you know, it's, it's very much the way that you would, um, you know, direct distribute or self distribute yeah. or, um, an independent film, just, just in many ways easier. Yeah. Um, cause it's like the, the price and the big difference is the, the cost, you know, uh, a book, you know, all of the cost is, uh, the majority of the cost is time investment for the writing and the editing. Right. And, and don't get me wrong. You know, you're talking years sure. potentially. 100%. Um, but, but it's like a soft cost. It's just your time and energy. Right. And like, there is a degree of that in filmmaking, but like, it's, you don't have to feed people. You don't have to corrupt. You don't have to pay for locations. You don't have to worry about, yeah. you know, shoot days and scheduling. So it's like, um, so that, that just, you know, that makes it a little bit 
for me, just more directly like doable. Yeah. Um, uh, and then other than that, it was, you know, it's just, it's just work, you know, it's yeah. just like, you know, being a business person, uh, putting that hat on and just be like, okay, I'm starting uh, a publishing company. What do I have to do? Well, I'm, I live in the state of Vermont now. So establish a company in the state of Vermont, build, build my, you know, website, register it with, um, you know, the different, there, you know, there, there are different vendors you can go through. Uh, I didn't work directly. Did I work directly through Amazon? You can, you can work just with Amazon, but then you're just an Amazon's, uh, you're completely under Amazon's control, which book publishers are anyway. Um, but, um, there are other places that you can sell through intermediaries. So it's, yeah, it's really just like research and legwork. And there are a lot of communities and just like with film, a lot of podcasts and a lot of blogs where, where people, uh, very generous people will mm-hmm. share what's worked, uh, both like in the past and like right now in terms of what's changing in the market. It's, um, it's a, it's a very supportive, uh, yeah. environment out there if you, if you want to do it and you're willing to do the work. Absolutely. No, that's great. And I think that's such a major part of, uh, you know, being a creative is, you know, finding those communities, tapping into them and, you know, figuring out folks who are, you know, kind of holding the door open for people behind them to come in and do it, you know, if it's distribution or whatever. Um, In terms of the writing, I know we kind of touched on it briefly, but let's say like tomorrow you have an idea pop in your head. How do you discern if that idea should be a novel or your next movie? Oh, good question. You know, like I feel really privileged to say this, um, but after all those years of like writing and, 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 writing and producing films and writing fiction, like I'm just, I'm going to die with like plenty of ideas, <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's just, you know, it's at this point, it's like, I have some loose systems for organizing them. Um, it's really just like what I have found, like particularly on the film side, I'll start there. Um, Cause it's like the films that need to get made or are going to get made just assert themselves. Yeah. Like kind of out of the ether, like when, like the sleepless, like, came together so quickly out of, I want to say out of nowhere, but like it came out of like a lot of what was going on in my life at the time. But like, it wasn't one of my ideas that I've had queued up, had queued up in the long term or the short term. Yeah, it, it just, it came out of nowhere and I knew I was making it. And that's happened with some of my shorts as well. Um, but it, to, to more specifically answer your question, it's, um, I think it's just through repetition, you kind of get it or you feel it. Um, and I think some are both, you know, like, you know, like we've obviously, like we, we obviously see with like how things work with IP, like some graphic novels are like make excellent movies. Some are never going to, some novels are going to make excellent movies or TV adaptations and some are never going to, or they're going to fail, um, because someone tries to do it and they never should have. Um, and, uh, cause like I have one, uh, book. Um, I have a, a science fiction trilogy actually that I'm working on right now cool. that was a screenplay that yeah. actually did, did pretty well for me um, uh, in terms of like um, getting some reads out in LA and stuff. And it was like, but that, that it's a kind of a superhero sci-fi thing. And they're like, you're not, this isn't based on Marvel or DC. No one's right. ever going to pay for this. Um, but it lent itself easily to a, 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 fi- a fictional adaptation and I can, I can, I can spend a hundred, uh, quote unquote, a hundred million dollars, uh, in, uh, set pieces in, in fiction, uh, and have a blast, right. uh, if the story lends itself to it. And this one, this one happens to, uh, to, to happens to, and I was able to, to, to do that successfully with the first draft of the first book. Sweet. 
Yeah, and then in terms of uh, the sleepless, talk to me a little bit about that uh, for folks who may not be aware of it. It is streaming on Tubi, um, which I love Tubi. Like that's where we ended up putting my new movie Panda Barrett, and like it's it's that weird place where I feel like uh, it's you know that free to watch system. I feel like that's something I didn't even know about a couple years ago, and I feel like that's slowly becoming a thing of the future. Um, so I guess maybe like on the side of production and also the distribution, like what did you learn from that whole process? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the sleepless is my, uh, my second feature. Um, it's my first, that is a, you know, hundred percent, um, equity, equity backed, um, not to suggest we had a huge budget, but like we didn't have to crowdfund for the first time, um, which is an amazing privilege also. Um, and, um, like I said, you know, so uh, it's basically the same team from another project. We were working, trying to get attachments through the agencies, trying to like get investors. And, and at the end of two years, like um, we just weren't seeing the movement that we wanted. Um, and we had some investments, but not enough to make the movie. It's a, a um, some slightly more conventional romantic comedy, whereas The Sleepless is more of a romantic dramedy. But um, yeah, it just wasn't happening. Um, and so we went back to our investors at a certain point, and I had had this random idea um, for a thematically similar uh, film, which ended up being The Sleepless, uh, two-hander uh, kind of before sunrise inspired walk and talk between two chronic insomniacs who you know run into each other at 3 a.m. at the only place open for coffee, and they go on an impromptu first date. Um, and so like, like I said, it came together very quickly. Like I wrote the first draft of the script, I handed it to my, my wife and co-producer, who's also um, a talented actor and we frequently work together and she's the lead actor in, in the sleepless uh lead actress in the sleepless and she read it and she's like that's oh, good like yeah we could do it and that's like kind of my first test from there maybe quick rewrite went to the producer team but like within months like we got the okay from the investors to pivot um and then we were in pre-production awesome. um and um and so yeah we made the film went into post uh then um you know covid happened when we were kind of in our festival circuit phase so that that was a bit yeah um of an I adventure <laughs> it's a lot um yeah. and so then ultimately um you know very grateful for a festival run like uh yeah. we you know we um ended up you know, playing in a lot of virtual festivals. We had uh, our, our premiere was an in-person drive-in screening, uh, which was really special, especially given the, the circumstances behind the virus at the time. It was just like pre-vaccine, um, and it felt safe, and it was just it was just great. You know, it's still still seeing your seeing your film on a screen uh, is still is still special. Um, and then um, we were talking. You know, we we talked to a few distributors. Uh, ultimately, decided to. Um, work with Film Hub, uh, who's like a, a startup um, kind of hybrid distributor out in Santa Monica, I think. Um, not positive, but they're out in California somewhere. Um, and that's based, they're, they're basically like a, you know, a distribution partner. So uh, you're not necessarily like going at it alone and going through an aggregator, um, but it's kind of like your success, just as it is with many distributors who will offer you a, a, a minimum and not a very high one these days for VOD, um, yeah. you know, kind of on your own uh, with marketing. 
Uh, And, you know, I have a robust marketing background. That's what I do for my day job. So I'm not afraid of that. It's just a lot of work and it's work that takes takes a lot of energy. And that takes a lot of energy, especially when done in tandem with like finishing a film and thinking about other films and stuff like that. Um, But ultimately, you know, we were, you know, we landed on Prime and focused on Prime as our uh, Amazon Prime as our, um, as kind of our our VOD premiere. Um, You know, we got some, we engaged with the publicists. We had marketing spend and the marketing strategy that, that I handled. Um, and you know, we got the, we got the film out, out in front of some critics and a good amount of audiences. And it's, it's been a good slow burn. I think that was, uh, April. It's been a good slow burn. It's still, we're still getting regular, uh, regular numbers, yeah. uh, in terms of people watching the movie. Um, so it's, uh, it's been exciting. No, that's awesome. Um, so many thoughts about just working through the last year with film festivals and, you know, I, as two filmmakers who obviously had movies trying to do festivals during 2020, that was just such a cluster. And, uh, you know, I, I saw some merits to some online ones like that we did with Panda Barrett. And, uh, you know, I think there was good takeaway, like it felt good to finally, even in virtual formats, connect with people. Um, but it never quite felt to us and the cast and crew like the film fully got out there. We still feel even to this day, like we're waiting for an in-person screening at some point. And, you know, we've already gotten distribution, so it's almost like too late, but it, it's, it's such a weird like way to do it. But the thing I relate to the most is the slow burn. Cause I've been with this movie so much longer than I thought I was going to be from the outset yeah. I think because of that. And because it's been such a heavy VOD, you know, sit at home, theat- like theatrical VOD experience thing and uh, not, you know, the in-person situation. So, you know, we've slowly had folks find it and, you know, going through letterbox, that's been a big marketing thing with us. And um, it's, it's been really fascinating. Like, do you have any kind of takeaways or do you, do you see this like rolling forward or, I mean, now that things are, you know, somewhat, yes, somewhat no in terms of normalcy, like, do you, do you see any uh, continuing trends from that? Or do you feel like that's isolated to the last year? Yeah, I think it's it's hard to answer. Like, yeah. I think like the I, I've been doing this for a while, and I think the only thing that's been consistent is that things seem to get worse for us every year. And like, I'm not a naysayer. Like, I don't like yeah. to say that, and I don't, and I don't even, I don't even mean to put it that way. I just think that like the the shifts in the industry, you know, kind of reflect the larger macroeconomic problems like in our society. So it's like, cause like I was even at, like, I, I didn't mention it and I was thinking about while you're talking, like the, the channels have niched down to such a spectacular degree. And, and there are many advantages to that, but like, I, like we're on, we're the sleepless is on 18. It's actually on 18 uh, VOD and streaming and AVOD channels, right? 18 different. And I, and I, and like my audience doesn't even know that. Cause it's like, it's overwhelming for me to just like to market to 18 different channels, each of which has like their own audience. Right. And it's like the average consumer, like, okay, I'll tell them it's on prime or I'll tell them it's on Tubi uh, to a lesser extent, but, but more so recently, because it it is a good channel uh, sort of. Yeah. I mean, let's just be honest. Like it is a good channel, but the, the the bar is low. Yeah. Um, And it's only now coming into the collective conscious of so many people, you know? Um, And so, so I, I think that like, I used to be somewhat obsessed with figuring out the formula um, after like the first really hard thing, which is to make a great film and then make a great film for the right audience. Um, And like you can make a great film for the right audience and still either financially fail or fail, so to speak, 
or like um, feel like you're, you're failing because the finances don't like catch up, which, you know, uh, help you continue to make movies, yeah. uh, the better you do, uh, other than, you know, continuing to grow and put out more stuff, which is a big part of it. And, and that's where I choose to focus on is like scaling up and learning and, and, and getting better at all those things, yeah. uh, getting better at guessing all those things and like, um, kind of losing my track for a little bit, but like, I think what I'm trying to say is like, um, I don't know. Cause like there were things that I thought, uh, so my first feature, we, we toured nationally and we played in 10, 10 cities and then followed that up with a week long run, uh, at a, an indie theater in Detroit. So we screened a lot comparatively for an indie that really would have otherwise gone straight to VOD. Uh, and that was in 2016. And, um, we were looking at theatrical as like a loss leader for audience building to build up, uh, momentum, uh, and, um, for a big VOD launch. And we made other mistakes and like, it didn't work out. Like the goal was to like gather a bunch of momentum and then like, you know, rocket in VOD and kind of pop up on one of the indie charts. And that's like a, that's a big if, right. Yeah. But you know, we, we probably came closer than we, than we had a right to. Um, and even like there were, like we, we could have been like a, a thousand to a five thousand dollars Facebook ad spend away from succeeding in those terms, like in yeah. retrospect. So then I go, you know, I go ahead with the sleepless, like we're like, oh well, ideally we'll land South by, we'll get a distributor and like, you know, the the fantasy yeah. uh um version of it, which we we you know, we we had a chance at, I will say, like 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 that was an option for us. And and I and there are also filmmakers that play at a South by at a South at a Sundance mm-hmm. with either a budget similar to ours, more likely a budget much bigger that struggle with a lot of the same issues just at their own yeah. scale. And it's like, um, what it comes down to is I think it's like, there's just the business side is so much in flux and it's like, it's just, it's kind of going back to the, the conversation with fiction as well and why I'm, I'm paying a little bit more attention to it. I'm not going to quit film. I'm, yeah. I'm certainly not going to, but like, um, there are things that you can do and ways that you can learn and scale when it's just write a book and deliver it and repeat um, where the, uh, the cost of learning is so much lower than, you know, even if you're making a micro budget film in like the five figure budgets, like you're, you're borrowing on your time, energy, body, and spirit to do so. So it's kind of like, you know, an apples to apples comparison. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I think, uh, you know, I, I, I've thought back to over the last year with what happened with film festivals. And again, I know it's probably an isolated thing, but uh, part of me, to be honest, had a thought that was like, well, you know, if we're, you know, just putting Panda Barrett out there and it's VOD, you know, we're never meeting people who watch the film in person. We're never seeing where they laugh, where they cry, where they do this and that. There's not that interaction there. Um, I, it almost is like, well, why didn't I just write a book and like, you know, put it out there that way. And, and, you know, it is slightly different, but, um, you know, or, you know, or like, you know, instead of spending, I'm just going to throw out a number, instead of spending $2,000 on film festival submissions, um, you know, get the film out there on a Tubi or whatever and put, you know, $2,000 into at, you know, direct, uh, uh, audience, targeting and experimentation yeah. with, with ads. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I don't know the answer again, cause like there yeah. are pluses and minuses to both. Cause like I, um, you know, I had that thought 
but like there's and and, I, and we did some experimentation around that and the, the data is inconclusive yeah you no know, i think I've i heard. think it's like each film is going to have its own structure and distribution right. and i think that like we can't do anything but try our best yeah. and experiment and repeat it's just that like the pressure is a little higher because it's like you know a film an independent film especially when you get into features is going to take two three maybe four years of your life to to produce and get out and when you're doing the business side at the same time as you're doing the creative side as at the same time as you're probably working a day job yeah. if you're really really independent like yeah. i am and you you are i believe it's like you know it's it's just a lot it's yeah. a lot and you know i was talking to another filmmaker about this yesterday and it's like should we be coming up with some kind of collaborative system and it's like that that sounds great but it's also like work and it's just like I, I don't know i don't know the answer other than to keep trying and to keep trying to learn and keep making more stuff yep. as responsibly as possible in a way that doesn't completely burn me out and take me away from my family and sanity yes i was gonna say the the burnout is very real you know that was actually one of the next questions i was gonna ask was uh you know avoiding burnout and i think that's you know, critically important, especially now since the pandemic, a lot of folks, myself included, um, have just really reassessed things. Like I've thought about why I'm doing what I'm doing, whether it's a film or, you know, a novel outline or anything like what, why am I doing this? What do I actually want out of it? And if the answer is I want to get into a film festival or do that, you know, sometimes that's enough, but other times, like, I, I think I've really almost fallen back to a more simplistic view of like, where is this story actually going, which is probably yeah. where you obviously should be in the first place without a doubt. But, you know, unfortunately, as you get, you know, down the road of this industry, you kind of start having to think even in just in the back of your head, you know, will this do well at a festival? Will this do well, you know, on a VOD platform, you know, you kind of have to think about that when you are the one, you know, cutting the check for making the movie, also distributing it, you know, doing all those logistical things. Um, yep. And obviously when you do that a lot, you can burn out. So do you, do you have any uh, tips or thoughts on that? Yeah, we can get sucked into like the, the problems or the challenges or the competition or the scarcity mindset, yeah. right? Which is like, oh, you know, we start by saying, oh, we want to make films because we're moved to. We want to deliver it to people because we're moved to for a specific reason at the point of intersect between what's in my heart, what's in the heart of other people who would watch this film, right? And I think that's what you're, what you're referring to when you're saying, like, keep it simple. Um, but then, you know, to sustainably continue to make films, uh, and or make a career out of it. And those things kind of like feed into each other. It's like, yeah. we want to make a career out of it so we can keep being an artist, but, and we have to make a career out of it if we want to keep, you know, becoming, uh, keep keep working as an artist. It already, like just me recapping it, it starts to get like murky, right? It does. It starts to get quick. muddy in our head very quickly. And I think that like, for me, what what has worked is as often as possible, taking a step back and trying to remember and remind myself that, um, again, going to the, the, the macro level and, you know, overcranked American capitalism, um, my, my value, the value of any given film or book that I produce, um, isn't the market doesn't dictate that, um, in terms of, you know, end of the day, my self-worth, my identity, right. 
And if I remember that, then today I can move forward and tomorrow I can move forward if I remember it again. Um, that being said, like those other factors are there for like a reason. There are mechanisms in place to succeed, to grow. Um, it's not merit-based, you know, especially like, you know, if you start getting more involved in like the industry side, like there's just, it's just not, you know, right. like people, people can buy their way into the film industry and do all the time. And that, but that's not like, I can't control that. That's not my no, business. No. So it's like, what I was talking about with my friend was like, you know, how can, can he and I, like, how can we on a daily basis, like think about, um, do our best to move forward in all of those terms, like go forward and say like, I've made this thing the best that I can. Um, I'm going to position it the best that I can to get into, uh, these, these top tier film festivals, if that's appropriate, or those are my reach festivals. And, and maybe the more, you know, uh, appropriate matches is, is the best regional festival around for, for me and for this film or whatever. And just like, do everything I can so that like to use a sports metaphor, I've left it all out on the court yeah. and then just don't expect, don't expect anything out of it. Do it better yeah. um, than I did yesterday. And with cognizant, with cognizance of the fact that I'm imperfect, I'm growing, you know, but that generally if I, if I'm most of the time able to do that, I am going to get better. I am going to grow. Uh, I am going to be led to where I'm, uh, supposed to be um eventually and and also to like sometimes take a step back and like you know do do a very like honest audit you know like i i, I could i can in, in in one moment i can look at myself and be like oh i haven't um i haven't had a film in any major film festivals right so th therefore uh i'm not a success as an independent filmmaker right um and then i could go to someone who uh, let's just say it has played at like Sundance or Tribeca with a short film, right? And they got all that attention and they got all those likes on social media, yeah. but they're struggling, they're, they're struggling and, 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 uh, may not be able to now or ever get their first feature made. Right. Um, which, 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 uh, uh, it, the numbers are higher, but a lot of people still with all the technology, with all the opportunity, a lot of filmmakers, uh, and it's fine, but don't get to that first feature, right? right. And then once, and, and then drop off is huge to second feature. You know, I'm working on my third feature right now. It's experimental. It's going to cost five thousand dollars. It was shot on Zoom during the pandemic. Yeah. Like it's it's not you know, it's it, it's an experiment. It's fun. It's art. Yeah. And then but that but I'll have three features like done, and I'll be yeah. that much further down the road. You know, and I'm still working on this other movie, and it's like, you know. We also, we, we, everything is skewed with age in our society. Like, you know, I'm, I'm 37, like that's young for a director. And I forget that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I do agree. I think at the end of the day, if we're able to find reasons to make the experimental film for $5,000, that's, that's wonderful. Like, why would we talk ourselves out of that? You know, cause yeah. Yeah. It's also about doing things like looking at things differently. Yes. Right. It's like, you know, um, cause on the flip side, you know, despite any criticisms, like, um, there are people who like, uh, working filmmakers who like are so good 
and so sincere that they can do what they're few, they're few in number, but that they can do whatever they generally can do whatever they want and they keep right. getting money and audiences keep going. But it's like, that came from somewhere that came from hard work that came from optimism. Of yes. course, it came a little yeah. bit from luck, but like, you know, it's, it's possible. So like, like, I will just say just particularly for me, like if I hadn't matured and grown as a person to the degree to which I did leading up to where I was in my life, when we decided to make the sleepless, I could have given up um, or, I could have spent another few years working on that other movie that wasn't moving forward that I'm rewriting right now as a different movie uh, with the same characters. That's better. So that's probably what was supposed to happen despite me getting, you know, mad or disappointed that some, you know, A-listers agent wouldn't give it to their client like yeah. a year ago or two years ago. Like maybe, you know, maybe that was just the way it was supposed to go, but it's like, but, but instead it's just like, well, you know, and, and I think it's worth like going back to the other part of the conversation too, about like, um, in, in a way it's like, you know, I, I, I apparently it's mis, misattributed. Um, so I'm not going to attribute it because there's some confusion, but like that quote, like do, do what you can with what you have, where you are. And it's like, you know, intelligently. Right. So for me, it was like, okay, I don't, this, I, I, am in a privileged position. I have equity investment to make a movie. It's not enough to make the movie that these people said that they were, these people agreed to invest in. Let me have the potentially difficult conversation of going back to the investors and saying like, Hey, can we make this other movie? It might help us make the first one if we succeed. And that seems to be where we're headed, but again, no guarantee. Um, and it's like, well, okay. Like, uh, and I, and I know you know what I'm talking about here. Like, how can I how can I use what's immediately around me, yeah. and capitalize on my locale yeah. to to uh, make a film that's as good as possible within this budget, but is like way better than it deserves to be based on the dollars in the bank account, right? And there's yes. strategy behind that. And that's and and I will say that I think that like I I I would never criticize other filmmakers for like anything uh because i know how hard it is and i know how much it takes um but like i the part of me that has a lot of experience as an entrepreneur in and outside the industry and who has a lot of experience in the business world and is gaining a lot of experience in the business world like in recent years like they're they're i would just add, i would i would encourage people to think creatively not only about what stories they want to tell from what they need to do in their heart, but also from like, you know, the point of overlap between that and um, how to stand out in the market, you know, and for the sleepless, it was like, you know, we're going to strategically spend more on a casting director and on talent and, um, you know, but it's you know going to be two people like walking around one square mile of brooklyn you're in vermont i'm in north carolina these are two places where i feel like a lot of times people don't always expect you know movies to come from they can obviously they have but you know it may not be the new york or la that people first think of what what do you gain from working somewhere kind of you know quote unquote outside the system um doesn't mean that you can't go to new york or la to you know work or do meetings but uh, what do you feel like you gain from being, you know, out where you are? More people 
telling, trying to tell universal stories locally um, and maybe starting to see those things kind of like web together on a national level because you know for even in the film community like there's just we're so supportive of each other because we have to be right. um i don't know i think there's a lot you know and, and i think uh, you know you've seen the companies like seed and spark and what they've done with in partnership with regional film festivals and when crowdfunding rallies for um for regional filmmakers like i uh one of my my, my good friends in the industry uh lives and works out of um Rhode Island where I grew up and, and he works consistently and he's always yeah. doing exciting stuff uh, in the industry from, from Rhode Island. So like, I think that's just, uh, that's a bright spot, I would say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like, I, I'm just getting started here. Like I, I have some ideas of things I want to shoot around here. Um, I'll say that it's like just a really good place to be for, for a writer yeah. um, for sure. Um, you know, I'm, I'm close enough to New York that if I continue to, to make New York stories, um, you know, I, I can, I can do that. So, yeah, I mean, that's maybe not as complete an answer as I No, no, could, I think that's, yeah, that's but. a very well put answer. I think, uh, you know, for myself, I can very much agree. I enjoy making work, you know, in North Carolina a lot of times because it's, you know, unexpected and, you know, it's fun to tell stories and show people in places that you don't always see and also to go against, you know, a stereotype and you can go to the Eastern part of the state and show people, in the farms and you know doing things that you just sometimes wouldn't expect and like we sh we we took the panda bear and the mascot costume and all that out there and you know obviously folks looking at us funny but you know they're like oh you're making a movie that's cool i didn't know there was art here and i'm like yeah there's a bunch of filmmakers in raleigh that do stuff and you know you just kind of slowly but surely weave like you said the the thread of community and local you know locality and things like that so i, I agree with what you said i'm actually pretty excited um, and hope that there is, you know, as you mentioned, some even slight paradigm shift towards just just redistributing things a little bit more equitably. And I'd love to see just working class filmmakers. Um, you know, I, I always say I don't have any desire to be super famous. Um, you know, I, I love Star Wars, but, you know, I'm not really trying to be a Hollywood director. Uh, if, if they felt like, you know, offering that to me, sure, I know I'll take their money, but uh you know, at the end of the day, I'd love to just pay the bills and, you know, tell very simple stories of, you know, community and people. So yeah. um, how do you like personally convince yourself to be creative if you need convincing or even convince others um, as to like why, you know, creativity matters and why we do this thing? Oh, yeah. Great question. Um, honestly, like I have to do it to be helped to stay healthy. Like, in, like yeah. just it, same, you know, yeah. at, like you know, as a, as a quick answer. Yeah. You know, There's like I, that um, compels you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's something that compels me. It, and it's like, if I don't, um, respect that and, um, feed it even a little bit daily, um, I'm just, I'm just not whole. You know, so like right now I'm, I'm, you know, um, I'm in a very busy, uh, demanding, exciting, like new day job. And so like most, most days I'm writing 15 to 45 minutes between 10 PM and midnight before I crash. Yeah. Um, and, um, that's fine. Yeah. You know, like I, I got plenty to do. Um, and, um, 
I'm getting good work done that yeah. I'm happy with. So it's like, um, you know, and then like four or five months ago, I was like, you know, for a little while I was, you know, full time finishing and releasing the, the sleepless. Um, and that was, you know, that was great too. Um, and it's like, um, you know, it kind of goes back to that other part of the conversation. Like I, I, you know, um, part of, part of like how I get purpose out of life is to like contribute in a meaningful way to me. And in a way that I feel like I'm, you know, being additive to the world for, for my family, my daughter, and like, um, when I go to sleep, which is still, you know, as, as the writer and filmmaker of the sleepless is still a tricky proposition for me <laughs> many days, but like I can at least like feel like, um, you know, I've, I've been a part of this like yeah. life that I'm in that is often confusing and frightening, but also, uh, beautiful and mysterious. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's very well said. And, uh, you know, I find a lot of creative folk, uh, do deal with insomnia funny enough sometimes. And, uh, you know, I dealt with it for a bit, a couple years back. And I, and, you know, some of the things I thought at the time was I was always trying to do more and do more. And I think a lot of times insomnia is just your body saying, Oh, I'm not done with the day yet. You know, I, there's still more to do, or I want to get something else out of this day. Um, but I find, you know, now I'm in a healthier place where I, you know, I'm like, yeah, I can go to bed. Like, <laughs> you know, I've wrote, you know, I did something, you know, even like you said, 15 minutes, I always waited for, the lightning bolt of inspiration to hit me so often. And, you know, there would be moments when I worked that way where, you know, yeah, I'd write a whole bunch on one day, but then I wouldn't write for four months. Like it would be so inconsistent and it wasn't really conducive to anything. And so, you know, the last few years, uh, maybe part of it's just like maturity, but I think it's just doing little bits here and there and realizing that consistency and routine, uh, at least for me, matters so much more than just any creative, you know, bubble over you may get here and there so yeah i think that's right i mean you know if you can get it to work for you like in the more feast or famine mindset like yeah. all the power to you but i just i i feel like i have i still have years uh banked uh to call upon through my routines now right. as that more mature artist you know to, to to sift through if i if i need to yeah yeah no <laughs> super Super relate. Yeah. Um, well, Michael, this is awesome. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me on the show. Uh, where can folks find you and your works if they want to keep up with you? Yeah. Um, Twitter at Michael DiBiazio. Um, my website, which is, uh, isn't is super up to date, but does have information there. Yeah. Uh, uh, michael.com L-A-S-T Michael dot of Michael.com. Um, yeah, I mean Twitter's a great place to get in touch with me. Um, that's the, cool. probably the yeah or to see awesome. what's going on. I enjoy your tweets about when you're uh, knocking a page or two out at a time. Those those help us all stay inspired because you know sometimes I'm just like oh, I don't feel like doing it, and I'll see someone tweet about it. And I'm like, no, I got to do it. Got to just sit down. So yeah, I'm talking to myself there, and but I'm sharing it because I figure it's probably helpful. It is. It's very um, helpful. It's just yeah. I it's kind of like it, it's it's a little bit of like I'm I'm I'm. 
I'm glad to hear that because I'm like partially using like all you guys to help keep me honest. We all well, do. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I hardly have time. Or it's crazy to me. I like hardly have time to like be on social media during the day right now. So like mm-hmm. I'll pop onto Twitter, open my laptop at night when my wife is asleep, I'll pop onto Twitter and I'll be like, I'll, I, you know, you probably see it. I'll be like, I'm really tired. I'm going to write a page. Yeah. I, today was a long day. I'm going to write two pages yeah. and then I'll, you know, check back in. Um, and that's really all I can do right now. Um, yeah. but it's like, it's you know. needed. Yeah, no, dude, that's awesome. Um, well, thanks again. I really appreciate your time, uh, for everyone who's listening video episodes on YouTube, uh, audio episodes, Apple podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe, do all that fun stuff, rate us. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks again for listening.